it's always nice to go in expecting to win, right? Yes. <laughs> so if you expect to be number one, number two, number three, I think that's, I mean, Jim always has that experience because he's won so much. What did he used to say about you guys growing up every Saturday? Five blue ribbons and an ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. For summer, for summer league, for ten and unders, yes, summer. League yeah. So if you have had that experience of having lots of successes, then I guess competition is fun for you. But if you've had the run of not so good performances, you have to really change your thoughts and remind yourself anybody could win, and including you. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with my wonderful sister-in-law, Maria. Hey, Maria, how are you? Hey, Kelly, I am great. It's great to see your beautiful face. Yours as well. And we are going to talk about choosing our emotions for better swimming, better performance, probably better life. We like to talk about things on our own segments of things that affect us in sports and in life. I've talked with you offline about this, but I really wanted to talk with you about this on the podcast. So I am returning from a week in person live watching the Women's NCAA Swimming Championships in Knoxville, Tennessee. So I went to support my alma mater and it was just such a great meet. It's, it is probably almost as high pressure of an event for swimmers as, as Olympic trials because these athletes are on scholarships. They have to perform for keeping their scholarships, for taking their universities to the top of the podium. And how does this relate to our me, performance? Can I just ask you a question? You have to qualify for NCAAs, right? Oh my gosh. It's the most elite qualification. I mean, so just you know, because you're a scholarship athlete doesn't mean you're going to NCAAs. And oh, you no. Do you qualify by having a certain time? You have their time standards and those time standards are actually harder than qualifying for our U.S. Olympic trials. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this so, is super high pressure every super, year in the spring. Okay. Yeah. In the NCAA championships for women, they're capping it at about 38 people. Wow. So, the, so these are extremely competitive. Extremely competitive. And so you're just one stroke away from being the NCAA champion if you're in that final. So it's high pressure. And I actually loved one of the quotes. They interview every winner after they swim. And they one of the quotes was the interviewer asked, you know, what did your coach tell you going into that made you kind of have a come from behind victory and win? And this athlete said, she told me that anyone in there could win that title, <laughs> including me. And so <laughs> that's great. I, and she thought believed that, I thought that was so powerful because whether you're in lane one, lane eight, lane four, Everybody could win. So what I wanted to talk with you about is the fact that in watching every single final come out, so the cameras are rolling, streaming live, and it's on ESPN. Their fireworks look like those fireworks that don't make any heat or any flames, but they're spewing out. The music is playing. The athletes are paraded out. It's just a super high pressure situation. And I felt like I could almost pick who was going to win every race by 
the posture, the facial expressions, the body language in going into that heat. And part of it was swagger. Part of it was just seeing this open happiness, this different emotion. It felt like the people that came out that looked fearful and scared or too intense or too tight. I felt like they were not going to win. And often it was easier to pick the winner when you could see this. So talking about this, we did a ton of research coming into to this about how science backs this up. So what we are thinking, what our emotions are going into anything really determines our outcome. So emotions that are the highest in producing oxytocin and norepinephrine and things that make us feel good, things that make us feel powerful are emotions like love and gratitude and compassion and being purposeful and emotions that make us feel down produce cortisol, obviously are stress emotions like fear and guilt and shame. And I saw a lot of that fear in some of the athletes. Several years ago, I gave the NC State women's team a little credit card. I got them printed and it was the top 10 emotions for producing positive feelings in the body. And I gave it to them going to NCAAs and they seemed to love it. I got a lot of feedback that, you know, that really helped when I was behind the block or when I was getting ready to swim. I thought about those emotions and tried to evoke those. And I think the teams that have that loyalty, respect, love for one another, gratitude that they're there, perform better. So I wanted to just put that out there as a possibility for enhancing our performance. And all this is based on the Human Affecto Project, on Bruce Lipton's work. He's a biologist. He's written the book called The Biology of Belief. So Maria, do you have any instances where you have used emotions or what your thoughts are. Absolutely. This is just another aspect of what you and I often discuss. And it's what's in your mind is going to impact your performance. And I when my when I first thought about this, we talked about race across America and I had it was over eleven days. So I had some mornings I would get up and feel awful. Almost every morning I would get up and feel awful. But but I but if something happened, if I was listening to positive music or if somebody would say something nice, I could or positive, then I would open up and I would, and things would go much better. But just generally every day when I get up and decide, well, go to my workout, it, you know, I can tell how the workout's going to be based on just exactly what you said, whether I feel dark and dready or my shoulders are hunched versus when I'm like excited, oh, this is going to be a fun workout. I'm looking forward to the same thing when I'm racing on doing virtual racing is like, if I am fearful there's, it's okay to have a little bit of fear. <laughs> like we talk about s- smelling the fear that can get you kind of amped up. If you're just too relaxed, of course, you're not going to perform well. But if I'm overly fearful and I'm not looking forward to it, it is an opportunity to show what I've got, the best I've got that day, then I don't do as well. So, you know, the, I think the question is, can you fake it till you make it? So that the, so the thoughts are there. You might feel like, uh, I'm not looking forward to today's effort or look at her. She's going to perform better. I can tell, like whatever. And so if you have those thoughts, capturing them and turning them around and changing your perspective on them and then just, and thinking, like you said, those words, those 10 words that you gave the NC State women for thinking on those things. I can do that even on my normal like day. Like sometimes you wake up just here on the wrong side of the bed and I'll go out and I'll have my quiet time. And if I can really think my thought, 
be aware of my thoughts and then change them to the truth, which is beautiful and positive, then I can change my whole day. So yes, lots of athletic experiences where I've done poorly because I was too bunched up, too worried, too scared. And others where I went in there thinking, this is going to be super fun. However I do. It's always nice to go in expecting to win, right? Yes. (laughs) So if you expect to be number one, number two, number three, I think that's, I mean, Jim always has that experience because he's won so much. What did he used to say about you guys growing up? Every Saturday, five blue ribbons and an ice cream cone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. For summer, for summer league, for 10 and unders. Yes. Summer. Yeah. So, so if you have had that experience of having lots of successes, then I guess competition is fun for you. But if you've had the run of not so good performances, you have to really change your thoughts and remind yourself anybody could win and including you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I like that. And I think attaching love to your performance, like our last interview was with coach Mark Cutts, which was an amazing interview. And he talked about how, hey, if you don't love swimming, do something else, do play tennis. So you should love it. And it shouldn't become so much pressure that you're getting in a bad place. So I think finding the love and the gratitude for, I'm so grateful that I have the strength, the health, the body to be able to swim. Even if you aren't number one, that's what you kind of have to focus on too. But Maria, explain what fake it till you make it. Then you put it, I think faking it till you make it in terms of your thoughts is you're feeling bunched up and feeling dark. You can put on, you can say, no, I'm, you can tell yourself, nope, I'm excited. I'm joyful. I am. I love running. I love swimming. I love working out. I love competition. Win or lose, I love it. So you just, you repeat those things to yourself. And that's what I mean. And those truths will get in and change your chemistry. Yes. Yes. I like that. So it's, it might start out fake and then it, it right. actually turns it becomes to real. Truth. Yeah. So this is just a short episode here to remind us that when we are getting ready to do something at a high level or where we're feeling pressure, we're feeling anxiety, we're feeling like it's just not going to happen or it feels bad, then if we can attach ourselves to emotions that are uplifting, then our performance is going to be uplifted. And of course, this all transfers probably even better to life. Yeah, I have a great story with that. Lucia, my daughter, was in the high school, she was giving the valedictorian speech. She was valedictorian. And there was thousands of people, all the parents, and we had a, there was a huge class. There was, a, there was thousands of people listening. And before the, the speech, I was like, Lucia, you know, are you nervous? And she stood up, said, no, I loved it. She gave a great speech. I don't know if she, I think I would have been a little nervous, but her self-talk was, I am good. I like this. People are going to enjoy my speech. And of course they did. And it was wonderful. So, I mean, in life, what you're saying to yourself so much matters, especially right before that moment where you're the spotlights on you or you're you're doing something important. That's a beautiful story. And it's often the things that we love that we put the most pressure on. So if we can back off from that pressure and say, you know what, this is what I love. So I don't need to have that pressure. And I another little story, because I think stories are always the most welcome parts of a podcast, at least for me, when I'm listening to my favorite podcast. And I've been chasing this elusive 1650 record in this age group. And 
I came within 2.6 seconds of it in Gainesville last season. And it was in a kid's meet. And I was so grateful that A, they let me in the meet because it was a kid's meet. B, that the people there were so helpful and they really wanted to help me set the record. And they had to measure the pool beforehand. And I just remember right before I, I swam, I thought, you know what, even if I don't set the record in this, I am so grateful that that I've met so many nice people here in Gainesville and they've really bent over backwards to help me. <laughs> You're feeling the love. I was feeling loved and loved and I swam a great race. And then <laughs> this season rolls around and I went 1940 in that race. And then I was trying, trying for it again in my last 1650, which was just a couple of weeks ago. And I went 1948. So I missed the record by 11 uh. seconds, which again, in a 19 minute race, isn't a whole lot. It's actually like 0.4 per 50. So but I remember going into that race, it was super windy. This was at the new Fort Lauderdale pool. It was super windy. The flags were horizontal. And I remember just right before it, I thought the pool is going to be wavy. The, the wind is going to affect me. I'm going to be swimming into the wind. And uh -huh. I wasn't in the best place. I was probably actually in better shape for my most recent try. And I wish I could have just used this advice, which is, focus on how grateful I was. I really love swimming the 1650. It's my favorite event. And I knew kind of when I dove in and I had those thoughts, I went, oh, this is not good. <laughs> so yeah, Kelly, I think for you, I mean, this just sideline coaching, you love so well and you love people. So when you have a big event where you want to do well, you need to spend that 15 minutes before just helping somebody or talking to somebody that you really love and just pull on those emotions of love that are so much a part of who you are and make you great. I think that that story is a perfect example of when you were feeling love and experiencing love and giving love right before your race versus just in your own headspace trying to do well without really interacting with others. Yes, I think that's very good advice, Maria. Thank you. All right. I hope that this has been valuable. We're not going to have any takeaways on this one because I think the takeaway is Connect those good emotions whenever you want to perform better oh, in yeah. coming our life. Yes. And just to put it in your performance in perspective, I did a 1650 yesterday in 36 minutes. <laughs> well, Maria, that I'm so glad that you did a 1650. That in itself is so impressive. And I do not want to compare my 12-hour bike ride with yours because... What have you ridden? 476 miles in yeah, 12 hours? Okay. Roughly. Yeah. I think in 12 <laughs> hours, I might ride 100 miles. So yeah. I think we we both have our specialties. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Love you, that's, Kelly. Love you, love too. You. See you next time. Bye-bye. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Champions Mojo podcast. Did you enjoy the show? We'd be grateful if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. And we'd also love to hear from you. We're on all social media platforms, or you can reach us at championsmojo.com.